0: This message was presented at the GYC 2014 conference at the Cross in Phoenix, Arizona. For other resources like this, visit us online at www.gycweb.org. Okay, Um, I think it is time to to resume our session. Thank you for coming back and staying by we are going to start our second session Who would like to pray yes Amen. Okay. Relentless prayer is not just a simple prayer. What is this relentless prayer? What is this fervent, agonizing prayer? This is what we are going to study uh, for our session. In the book that I may know him, page page 35. I would like us to read this together. Let's go. We must look to Christ. We must resist as he resisted. We must pray as he prayed. We must agonize as he agonized, if we conquer as he conquered. I, I like this. How many must do we have here? Count. The number of must. Four must. In one short, in one short statement, there are four musts. We must. That means prayer is a must. It is not optional. You know, many times we take things as optional. Oh, this is good, but uh, I don't feel like doing it. It is optional. Prayer is a must. We must look to Christ. We must resist as he resisted. We must, that is the punchline, we must pray as he prayed. And this is not just a simple prayer. We must agonize as he agonized. So the prayer that we are talking about here is intense. It's agonizing, agonizing prayer, relentless prayer. It is very involving, agonize as he agonized. Unceasing steps to Christ again. Unceasing prayer is the unbroken union of the soul with God. So that life from God flows into our life. And from our life, purity and holiness flow back to God. That is beautiful. You see the picture here? Unceasing prayer, that is relentless prayer. Unceasing prayer is the unbroken union of the soul with God. So the prayer that we are talking about here, it is unceasing. It is unbroken union with the soul, with God. That continuous relationship with God, this is what we are talking about. It is not this uh, uh, sporadic relationship. It is, it must be continual. It must be uh, constant So that life from God flows into our life. You see the picture? That means I see the picture of uh, charging a phone. Charging. We must be always connected. We must be charged all the time. uh, So that we can receive the life from God into our life. And from our life. Purity and holiness flow back to God to glorify him. This is a good good picture. I would like you to study this more, uh, even not here. I would like you to study, even memorize this. It is important. It is part of the prayer life is to memorize verses in the Bible and the spirit of prophecy. It is important for, for our relationship with God. So this is, this is critical. Uh, and that is what we call relentless prayer. This is somehow uh, a definition of it. Unceasing prayer is unbroken union with the soul with God. So that life from God flows into our life. And from our life, purity and holiness flow back to God to glorify him, to worship him, to serve him, to, uh, to be a witness for him. Plead as earnestly, as eagerly as you would for your mortal life, were it at stake. That is relentless prayer. You see the picture here. Let's say, I don't wish, but you would be killed, and you have to plead. That is the picture that we need to have with this, and, uh, this relentless prayer. That is in Spiritual Gifts, Volume 2, page 264. Early Writings, page 73. I asked the angel, why? There was no more faith and power in Israel. That is a question we ask. Why is it Israel? We are the modern Israel. So the question is why? Um, uh, Why is it? Why there was no more faith and power in Israel? And the angel answered, You let go of the arm of the Lord too soon. Press your petitions to the throne and hold on by strong faith. The promises are sure. Believe you receive the things you ask for and you shall have them. That is relentless prayer. It is to continue to press. Don't let go of the arm of the Lord too soon. We need to pray more, don't let go too soon. Many times we let go too soon. We plead, we plead, we plead, and then we let go. Uh, I have an experience with this. You see, uh, I had a, I, I, have, I have a brother. Um, he, he was baptized because I was uh, the first in my family, to be an Adventist. So later on, I, the, Lord, the Lord blessed, and uh, uh, many of them came to the faith. So this one, this brother, was one of them. But after some time, he left the church. He left the church. He went back into the world. For a few years, one day, I... I, I have been very sad always uh, seeing him um, going back to, to the world. But one day, it was in August, I had this burden in me. I was so sad. And in my mind, I said, how is it that I'm preaching the word of God around the world, but my own brother will not be saved. I was so sad, I even cried. And then in my prayer, the Lord just inspired me, he said, listen, you need to pray for you more. And I decided, that was August, I decided to do this relentless prayer, And God just inspired me that by December, that was my prayer, by December this year, that year, my brother will be back. So that was my prayer. That was August. He said, Lord, I am just ash and dust. I cannot commend you, but I can plead. He said, I'm pleading, Lord, that my brother will be back in December. And I started to pray earnestly, pleading, spending time on my knees, wrestling with the Lord with relentless prayer. That was August. Nothing happened. No change, humanly speaking. September, no change. And I prayed earnestly but i didn't give up october no change and no communication then november i intensified the prayer i became desperate said lord i really want my brother to be back i was so sad but i i said lord i really claim this promise I want him back. So that was November. And in my responsibility, one of them is to go around the unions for what we call year-end meetings, when the budgets uh, of the unions be voted. Uh, so I, uh, we divide among ourselves, the officers of the, in, of the division, to go to these uh, different unions. So I, my part was to go to my home country, Madagascar, and uh, be part of the uh, year-end meetings there. So I said, I should pray. Not only pray, but I should also act. Pray and act. So I sent him a message. He said, my brother, I will be at the union office. And I give the time. He said, I really would like you to come. I would like to meet with you. I strategize as well. Uh, So I send that message. I give the time. It was Friday afternoon. My plan was that when I land, I meet him uh, at the gate of the union office. And uh, I said, you know, don't worry. I, t- I told you, don't worry about any accommodation. We are going to be to share my room. I would like him to be a captive audience. <laughs> uh, we'll share. And we will find time uh, after, the, after my meeting. I said, we will talk as brothers. So that was my hope. So I landed and went into the union office. My heart start, started to pump a bit faster. I don't, because I didn't have an answer, I didn't know really. So when we approached the gate, that would be the moment of truth. I was there hoping to see him. And when I uh, approached the gate, there I saw him. I was so happy that he said, yes, that was already a victory, that he did not avoid me. And I said, oh, you are here. I'm so happy. You know, you must love them unconditionally. eh? Uh, We are so happy that you are here. Um, This is the key of the room. Go to the room. I must rush to the meeting. After the meeting, I will come and we will talk. And I had my speech um, for four months. I was ready. So the meeting was finished. I rushed into the guest house. And he was there. And I started to talk. Just to win his heart. And uh, then I was ready for my speech. I started my speech. And I did not even finish. He interjected or interrupted, which is not uh, something that is usual because I'm the older brother. (laughs) But he was so eager to share with me. Uh, I think he did not want me to to continue with my speech because the speech is like outdated. (laughs) So he said, you know, Fifteen days ago, something unusual happened to me. Fifteen days ago, I had, he said, this urge to go back to God. And I, I called my family, his wife and his children. Some of them were already teenagers. Um, and I called them. And I just knelt down and prayed to God. And he said, I am back now. I did not need to continue my speech. <laughs> and uh, I was so happy praising God. Can you imagine praying earnestly and see the answer to this prayer? And then I we started to study the Bible. Not for him to come back, but to strengthen his faith that he will not go back to the world again. And we prayed earnestly. And uh, now is one of the pillars of the church. Amen. And winning many souls for Christ. Amen. A relentless prayer. You let go of the arm of the Lord too soon. We should not. It may take months or years. But eventually, relentless prayer will get result. Get result. Don't give up. I know probably you have, have, we are in a similar situation. In one way or another. My encouragement to all of us is just keep on praying. Don't give up. Claim the promise. It may take time. But don't let go of the arm of the Lord too soon. You keep on praying. You p- keep on continuing praying. Okay. Jesus Christ is the champion of relentless prayer. The prayer of Jesus Christ was a relentless prayer. In Hebrews chapter 5 verse 7. It is said, who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers, that is Jesus, and supplications with vehement cries and tears to him, was able to save him from death and was heard because of his godly fear. Relentless prayer of Jesus Christ. That is the kind of prayer that we need to experience. As Adventists, as the people of God, we need this kind of prayer. This is one of our greatest need, is to have people, men and women, young people and old children, to pray as Jesus Christ prayed. He is our example, example of prayer. Jesus himself, while he dwelt among men, was often in prayer. Our Savior identified himself with our needs and weakness in that he became a suppliant, a petitioner, seeking from his Father fresh supplies of strength that he might come forth braced for duty and trial. And everybody, let's read this. is... Our example in all things. Remember, this is in the context of prayer as well. So Jesus Christ is our example. We should pray as he prayed. And that's why we study the prayer life of Jesus later on. But we have Jacob also prayed the relentless prayer. Then the man said, let me go for the dawn is breaking. But, Jesus, but Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. That is relentless prayer. What about Elijah? Relentless prayer again. He said again and again. Elijah, Prophets and Kings, page 156, again and again, Elijah sent his servant to a point of looking the Mediterranean to learn whether there were any visible token that God had heard his prayer. You see, when he prayed for the fire, it was fast. But when he prayed for the rain, it was the opposite. That means... Uh, We may have both. Sometimes when you pray, the answer is fast. But sometimes when we pray, the answer is not as fast as we wish. So Elijah experienced that. For fire, it was fast. For rain, it is not fast. Each time the servant returned with the word, there is nothing. Sometimes when we pray, there is nothing. Like when I prayed for my brother, for four months, there was nothing. But we continue. We press on. So the servant said to Elijah, there's nothing. He was not discouraged. The prophet did not become impatient or lose faith. But what? But continued his earnest pleading. The relentless prayer. He continued. Six times. Six times. For a prophet like Elijah. If Elijah needs to pray six times to get an answer. What what about us? (laughs) Elijah, six times. Serious praying. The servant returned with the word that there was no sign of rain in the brassy heavens. Six times, prayed once, nothing. Twice, second time, nothing. Third, nothing. Fourth, nothing. Fifth, nothing. Then six, nothing. Behold, after that, there, there arises a little cloud, not just a not, not big cloud. Just a little, little cloud out of the sea like a man's hand. After, after seven times, only one cloud. And he believed already. This was enough, enough for him. Just a little sign was enough. He exercised his faith. Elijah did not wait for the heavens to gather blackness. In that small cloud he beheld by faith an abundance of rain. And he acted in harmony with his faith, sending his servant quickly to Hab with the message, Prepare the chariot and get thee down, that rain stop thee not. Faith. In one of our presentations, we are going to talk about how to to have our faith uh, growing increase our faith because this is one of the problem because we have to pray the prayer of faith so how that is the entire presentation on how to increase the faith to have a strong faith like Elijah Daniel relentless prayer so that is Daniel chapter 9 verse 3 so I turned to the Lord God and pleaded with him in prayer and petition in what fasting and in sackcloth and ashes this is relentless prayer. We need modern Daniels praying like is this Daniel chapter 9. So I turned to the Lord God and pleaded that is already very involving. With him in prayer and petition, in fasting, and in sackcloth and ashes. We are wondering why we don't have uh, prayer, our prayers answered. We need this. We need this kind of prayer. We need to, to learn from Jesus and from this praying people. In this great conflict, this is our need. And Paul, you see, it is throughout the Bible. This relentless prayer is throughout the Bible. As without ceasing, I remember you in my prayers night and day. Night and day. Epaphras. Do you know Epaphras? Epaphras. Epaphras, we don't talk much about Epaphras, but Epaphras is a man of prayer. is known to be a praying man. He said he's always, Colossians chapter 4, verse 12, Colossians chapter 4, verse 12. He, he is always wrestling in prayer for you that you may stand firm in all that will of God mature and fully assured. We need modern Epaphras. In our division, we have five initiatives. And one of them, we call it Epaphras Ministry. And that is prayer ministry. And in our meeting, we have decided that we have what we call a paphras moment. It is known throughout the 20,000 churches in our division that they have what we call a paphras moment. The paphras moment is wrestling, is wrestling in prayer like him, is always wrestling in prayer for you. We need a paphras male and female uh, Epaphras in 21st century. That is the need of the church right now. This is the greatest need we have is this praying spirit. You know, when you pray, many things will be changed. Jesus, Jesus Christ is as I said, the champion of relentless prayer. During the days of his life, he offered us prayers and petition with fervent cries and tears to the one who could save him, as I read before, from death, and he was heard because of his reverent submission. It's time for us to pray. This is the time, 21st century, 2015, the first day of the year 2015. We are here providentially to be called to pray. This is not by chance. This is by design that you are here today. I am here today. God loves us. That's why we are here, because God wants to talk to us more. He wants this relationship to grow. Not just very faint or weak, but he wants the relationship between him and us to be strong. Be strong. This is what is needed. So now, the next one. one. Mm. As we go into the next one, I would like to use this time for you to ask questions. Just one or two. Uh, there was a question, yes, you stand and uh, speak up. That is the question that I asked many times myself. Uh, When you have this relentless prayer, you ask that question. And this afternoon, this afternoon, we will have a presentation that I call Paradigm Shift uh, in understanding how I wrestle with this on my knees. I like. I like getting up early in the morning, following the example of Jesus, like three o'clock in the morning, getting up and pray to receive the light from God in a special way. And I prayed about that question. He said, Lord, I don't want to be presumptuous. I don't want to, uh, to be misled. I would like you to show me uh, w- w- what I should do. How do I know? And I would like to share with you this afternoon, this afternoon, for those of you who can come, uh, because it is, it is an elaborate presentation. It is something very um, uh, elaborated, uh, I, I should say, from the Bible and from the spirit of prophecy. Uh, what to do to avoid presumption? And uh, how do we know? That this is not something that uh, I just convinced myself. How do you know? Um, this afternoon, we'll talk about that. But allow me just to um, continue with uh, the prayer of Jesus. Pray as he prayed. Just, just a, a reminder again. said, Lord teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. The disciples of Jesus asked Jesus to teach them how to pray. As I said, they did not ask him to teach teach them how to preach. Preaching is important, but prayer is more important than preaching, because through prayer, you can even preach more. And uh, actually, more spiritual sermon. He is our example in all things. This is a reminder. Um, Jesus himself. While he dwelt among men was often in prayer. And he is our example in all things. Steps to Christ, page 93. This is in the book Desire of Ages, page 363. In Christ, the cry of humanity reached the father of infinite pity. As a man, he supplicated the throne of God till his humanity was charged with heavenly current that should connect humanity with divinity. Through continual communion, you received life from God that he might impart life to the world. And this is the punchline. His experience is to be ours. So the experience of Jesus is to be our experience. If someone asks us to uh, this question... uh, What kind of prayer life I should have? The answer is clear. It's the prayer life of Jesus. He is our example in all things. And his experience has to be our experience as well. He is our teacher. He is our professor. Said his humanity made prayer a necessity and privilege. Is a necessity and privilege. He found comfort and joy in communion with his Father. And if the Savior of men, the Son of God, felt the need of prayer, how much more should feeble sinful mortals feel the necessity of fervent, constant prayer? That is relentless prayer. We need that. And here we said, this is to refresh our minds we must look to christ we must resist as resisted we must pray as he prayed so he is our example in all things he is our example in prayer life and we must agonize as he agonized relentless prayer if we would conquer as he conquered Sometimes we think that we are busier than Jesus. <laughs> we said, well, how can I pray the prayer of Jesus? I'm so busy. Don't know my schedule. Don't know. I'm, I'm already, it's full. Where? Where can I find the time? We have just said that we are busier than Jesus. But that is wrong. In the desire of ages 362. No of our life, including ours, <laughs> no of our life was ever so crowded with labor and responsibility as was that of Jesus. So we have no excuse. Busyness is not an excuse to have a meaningful prayer life. We are not busier than Jesus. Yet, how often he was so busy, that is uh, the, the quotation, yet how often he was found in prayer. He was so busy, but yet, how often he was found in prayer. How constant was his communion with God. Again and again, In the history of this earthly life, I found records such as this. Rising up a great while before day, he went out and departed into a solitary place and there prayed. So busy, yes, but pray. We cannot be excused. And then in Luke chapter 5. Verse 15 and 16. But the news about him spread all the more. So the crowds of people came to hear him and to healed uh, of their sickness. But you see the two, two lives there, busy, doing ministry. Crowd, healing, said, "But Jesus, often. Not really. Often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. You see the balance between the two. With the crowd and then alone. Many times we are with the crowd, with life, and then not being alone enough. And we are like, the mobile phone flat the battery is flat everything is there except the power all your data and everything is there but no power and you cannot use it or sometimes we just run on reserve and finally we we will be flat rising up a great a while before day mark chapter 1 verse 35 He went out and departed into a solitary place and there prayed. And in the book, Desire of Ages, page 89, the early morning often found him in some secluded place, meditating, searching the scriptures, or in prayer. From these quiet hours, he would return to his home to take up his duties again and to give an example of patient toil. He again, the two elements. Busy doing ministry and then spend time with God. Early morning, that is the key actually. Now understand why Jesus Christ had to get up early. There's something about getting up early. Um, sometimes the modern life uh, changed human beings, the, the pattern of, of sleep. But we are wired, we are made to wake up early. And we need to go back to that. Of course, early is subjective. Your early might not be my early. (laughs) It depends on people, but it must be your early so that you have time to pray. Your early might be 8 o'clock or 7 o'clock or 6, but the early of Jesus was like, while it was still dark. I don't know if it was summer or winter. It depends, but when it was still dark, the key is you need more time before you rush. The problem we have is that like we will have a a long journey and we said, oh, I don't have time to go to the gas station. That will waste my time, I just drive. (laughs) And then we find out in the middle of nowhere, no gas. Then the time that you tried to save will be what? We will never do that in practical life. If we go for a journey, we go to the gas station and fill the tank. But in spiritual life, strangely, we think that it can work that way. No time. I must rush now. No. Fill the tank. Early in the morning, that is one of the outcome of this seminar, that this should change our sleeping pattern. (laughs) That we need to wake up earlier, according to you. But the early must be early enough, so that you can have at least one hour. We study in the book, Desire of Ages, but it is good to spend one hour every day. Uh, Just to meditate upon the life of Jesus. To pray at least one hour of quiet time before we rush, fill the tank. With that, we are following the example of Jesus Christ. That means we need to eliminate some of the things that we are doing. Before going to bed. We will talk more about that when we go for practical, how to organize our prayer life, some suggestions. So uh, around fifth or sixth session there, we will talk about the practical life, how we are going to, uh, to arrange this prayer life so that we will be able to follow the example of our example, and that is Jesus Christ. But for him, remember now, that the early morning, raising up a great while before day. That is the early of Jesus. It's before day. Okay? He went out and departed into a solitary place. And there prayed. We will go back to this. And we find there the formula to have a meaningful and structured prayer life. We will study more about that. But let's remember That we need to fill the tank before we travel. That is the key. And Luke chapter 6, verse 12. This is really relentless prayer. Now it came to pass in those days. That he went out to the mountain to pray. And continued all night in prayer to God. All night prayer. This is one of the amazing things that you can experience. I know some of you have experienced this. It is good if you can pray all night once in a while. I can tell you my experience of this is that even now I, I still remember one of the nights that I prayed and um, like 20 25 years after, I'm still reaping the result of that prayer. Once in a while, it is clear. For Jesus, the early morning is a must every day. But when things are really intense, the early morning will not be enough. It is just like any relationship. If you need to talk long, what do you do? You spend more time. The same thing with our heavenly father. Maybe the early morning will not be enough. You, need, you needed a all night to talk to his father. I still remember my experience with my father. He is, uh, he's, uh, he's late now. He's, he's dead in like 23 years ago. Um, we had a very close relationship, my father and I. Um, every time I visited him, the first night is time to talk. And many times around two o'clock, we just stop. He said, okay, we we need to sleep now, otherwise we'll be so tired tomorrow because we needed to catch up. We needed to talk all night with my earthly father. What about with my heavenly father? That's why Jesus Christ said, Now it came to pass in those days that he went out to the mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. That is relentless prayer. And remember, we cannot say, oh, that is Jesus. I cannot do that. He is our example. And he said, we, we have to pray as he prayed. We have read that, right? So we, we cannot say, oh, in modern life, uh, I will not be able to do this. I'm not urging us to do this every day or every week. Once in a while. But the every morning is a must. Spend time. But sometimes we need to spend more time. Relentless prayer. Paul prayed all night. As without ceasing, I remember you in my prayer night and day. And in Acts of the Apostles, page 296. News of apostles in some of the churches of his planting caused him deep sorrow. He feared that his efforts in there. Be off might prove to be in vain. Many a sleepless night was spent in prayer and earnest thought as he learned of the methods employed to counteract his work. We will stop here, but we will continue with this. But to summarize this session, We are saying, we need relentless prayer. We need to pray like Jesus. That is our example. And my prayer is that through the six sessions we have, we will reach that goal. That we will really pray as Jesus prayed. And we will be victorious. Our time is up. Um, this afternoon, we will continue with the relentless prayer. And we will talk about, we'll answer that question, how to avoid presumption. And also, how to have our prayer answered. And toward the end, we will talk about Faith. What do we need to do for our faith to be strong? And then our last session, we are going to pray. We will put this into practice. We will pray for real, real uh, subject to prayers. And we pray that the Lord will operate miracles right here. We are not going to wait until we reach home. We will pray here. We'll spend time, like half of the last session, we'll pray. And we will have a season of prayer here. And we'll practice this relentless prayer. But right now, we are learning together how to do it. Then we'll put it into practice. Is that okay? So, would like to encourage you to come back. uh, Because there are a lot uh, still to learn. Let's stand as we pray. Thank you, Lord, for giving us the opportunity to learn how to pray. We admit that we have not prayed as you prayed. But you have given us this opportunity to learn how to pray. So please continue to teach us how to pray. Thank you, Lord, for your love. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. This message was recorded at the GYC 2014 conference at The Cross in Phoenix, Arizona. GYC, a supporting ministry of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, seeks to inspire young people to be Bible-based, Christ-centered, and soul-winning Christians. To download or purchase other resources like this, visit us online at www.gycweb.org.